And we welcome you to the Tuesday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg, and it is indeed a pleasure to welcome back to the program Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, uh, for his monthly visit to the program. And ultimately, uh, for this hour, a conversation about the world of manufacturing and how the world of manufacturing has changed dramatically. And that any school that uh, wants to be in the business of of training people for the world of manufacturing needs to change right along with it. And of course, Gateway Technical College has been a leader in that respect. And we will introduce our very special guests to, to speak to this topic in, in just a couple of minutes. But first, President Brian Albrecht, we welcome you back to The Morning Show. Thank you, Greg. Uh, good morning. And it's always a pleasure to be a part of The Morning Show. And you're so right when you touched on manufacturing. I mean, that's the heartbeat of Southeast Wisconsin and our nation's economy. Um, so we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about what Gateway is doing to continue to prepare a talented workforce uh, for our manufacturers. Great, great. We have a lot of fun and exciting things to talk about, but uh, right off the bat, I think we better start with uh, a topic that is anything but fun, namely, of course, COVID-19 and the serious spike in numbers that are being seen all across the country and, of course, right here in southeastern Wisconsin. And... Um, Gateway Technical College uh, is continuing to function and continuing to try to move forward despite this really, really difficult situation. What can you tell us about uh, the college's efforts to uh, keep faculty and staff safe and, uh, and to keep education moving forward even uh, within the restrictions of COVID-19? Yeah, you're so right, Greg. Uh, this is certainly the most important item on our agenda and it has been for several months, and I know that all of our listeners like us are, are anxious to figure out how quickly we can get this vaccine going, and we're getting good positive reports that even as early as this week, a second uh, manufacturer, and I saw an article in the paper that some distribution um, can happen with Pfizer's partnership in, in Pleasant Prairie, so we know that the focus is on getting that vaccine, but in order to get there, we've got to keep everyone safe. And uh, our college has been working very diligently on making sure we have the proper protocols put in place, the safety measures to keep our students and our staff safe. We were fortunate to be able to highlight some of those best practices with the Department of Education's national webinar a week ago. And I think that really helps set the tone again for we need to constantly be thinking about how we can improve our, our systems and making sure that we're able to follow all the guidelines that are recommended, including what we all know, wearing a mask, social distancing, deep cleaning all of our facilities. But a couple of things that we're doing to kind of help um, stay ahead of that curve is we've partnered now with the University of Wisconsin Parkside and the University of Wisconsin Whitewater to participate in their surge testing uh, program, which is a, a shorter response time to get the results. As up early as 15 minutes after you're tested, you can get results on some of those tests. So we have the traditional COVID testing site on our Kenosha campus, but now our faculty, staff, and students, and anyone in the community can go to UW Parkside or UW Whitewater. All you need to do is log in and register for that and get one of those rapid test uh, protocols in place. I think that's going to help a great deal because we'll gather more information about folks that might have been a part of any type of contact tracing, if someone in your family or someone you know has had it, well then you know what's the protocol for, for that person to go and get tested. A lot of great informa information on all of that. In fact, there's a website, I believe it's, um, see if, uh, I, I believe it's pretty straightforward in its uh, delivery. Um, 
do I need a COVID-19test.com? So pretty straightforward. One word, do I need a COVID-19test.com? Encourage everyone to go and check that out. That'll help answer some questions. The second thing that we did is we took a look at the rest of this fall term. Now we're only about three weeks out from ending the term. So we know that there's still kind of a mad rush to get those final projects and competencies accomplished and then final exams. But we're, gonna, we're asking all of our faculty to work diligently on creating a virtual final exam process. So most of our effort after the Thanksgiving holiday will be virtual. There may be some instances where we have to have students back on campus. An example might be if a clinical site at a local hospital is not allowing students to finish their uh, clinical site, we can do it through human patient simulation back at the Inspire Center. So we're gonna be some, juggling some schedules to make sure that our students complete their semester and those that are completing their degree graduate in December, but we wanna make sure that we're doing it in a safe way. So we'll move toward a more virtual experience. We'll monitor the testing processes in our community and we'll adapt our Red Hawk return plan as needed going forward over the next three weeks. Wow. I imagine that just about every meeting that you are part of right now at Gateway uh, includes something about COVID in its agenda. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's on the forefront of everyone's mind, right? We can't get away from it because now most of us know someone that's been impacted one way or another, either caught it or been involved uh, you know, in some sort of disruption of their life, whether it's the way that we socialize or the way that we work. And I think the impact of COVID-19 has caused all of us to think differently about how we can uh, fulfill our goals and responsibilities as a person in our family structure and in our work environment, but also do it in a new way, right? I think a lot of things that we're learning are, are just things that are going to be a part of our life going forward. And that's being more cautious about our health and our environment. And those are good things. We've, we should have been doing that a long time ago, but this forced us to reflect a little bit more on that. So yeah, we're going to keep working on behalf of our students and our staff and our community to do everything we can here at Gateway. And Greg, I might just mention one other thing. Um, we are hearing an awful lot about the capacity that our healthcare providers have, whether it's hospital beds or nurses or doctors that have been impacted by COVID, so they're not able to work. And I just want to thank all of the first responders that are training at Gateway, our faculty, our staff, and our students. They are nurses during the day and teachers at night. They are firefighters during the day and, and teachers at night. So they really deserve our recognition and appreciation. And of course, our students who chose a career path, now they know they're going into the front line, right? So all those nurses that are graduating in December are already working in very difficult situations with a pandemic experience that I'm sure they would have never imagined, you know, a few years ago when they started the program. So hats off to all those remarkable people. For sure. Let's talk about a couple of happier items uh, quickly, uh, beginning with a, a new partnership for Gateway that I know you're very excited about. Well, I wish everyone could see me smile because I had a chance finally to go see our emergency vehicle operations track. I call it the racetrack at uh, the Horizon Center. So on property next to the Horizon Center uh, at the Kenosha Airport, we built an emergency vehicle operations track. This is to provide training for law enforcement officials, commercial driving, CDL drivers, um, uh, ambulances, um, our motorcycle safety course, anything that has a driving requirement that goes along with it. We partnered then with Kunis Automotive, Kunis Country Automotive, out of the Elkhorn Delavan area. Now they've got dealerships all over northern Illinois and southeast Wisconsin, so it's a big operation. But Greg Kunis, what a champion for the college. Um, he made a, a major investment in our college foundation, and we partnered to, to name the track uh, Gateway Technical College's EVOC track, powered by Kunis 
Automotive, which is a great, a great partnership, plus their investment in automotive and the commitment they've made to our Horizon Center automotive training program is going to really lift up those experiences for our students. So thanks to Greg Kunis, the entire Kunis family for um, allowing us to be able to partner in this way and making that financial contribution to our scholarship program at the college. Fantastic. Finally, it's, it's not every day uh, on the morning show or in these conversations that you and I have uh, every month that a name like Metallica comes up. <laughs> Metallica <laughs> as in the rock band. Rock on, Greg. Rock on. Explain why they're on our, our list of things to talk about today. Well, I have my black and silver t-shirt that I'll be wearing tonight. Tuesday night is our graduation ceremony for our Metallica Scholars Program. This is actually our second time round with Metallica. Um, the American Association of Community Colleges partnered with Metallica two years ago, and they put out solicitation for 10 colleges across the country, and Gateway was one of them selected. So Metallica has their own foundation called All Within My Hands, and they do food insecurity drives during their rock concerts. And after they leave a community giving a concert, they donate food to the local pantries. And uh, they've selected Gateway for two specific training programs. The first was in telecommunications, and the second was in CNC. So tonight we have our celebration because those graduates have completed, and Metallica has fully funded their tuition, fees, books, and all of their training. And what a huge commitment they've made over the years uh, to Gateway. And in return, our students this year that are graduating did their own food drive and uh, ended up with over 1,100 items of food donated to local food pantries. So thanks to Metallica and also thanks to all of our students and our staff that uh, made that commitment back and are giving, giving back to our community. So tonight we're all going to be rock on. <laughs> very nicely put. Very good. So uh, we have a very special guest joining us to uh, talk about the really uh, important topic of manufacturing and how the world of manufacturing has changed so dramatically and undoubtedly will continue to change dramatically as we move into the years ahead. Uh, tell our listeners who Neil Reddy is. Yeah, this is it. I'm so uh, glad that Neil is able to join us today. I have to just share with you, Greg, just a very brief history. So now, close to 17 years ago, when I first came to Gateway, it was because of the Manufacturing Skills Standards Council, MSSC. I had been involved at the Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction, the development of industry standards, and through that network, met uh, um, Leo Reddy, Neil's father, at a meeting in Washington. And, uh, and through all the processes, we were looking for a demonstration site in Wisconsin to help demonstrate these skill sets, and Gateway Technical College was identified. So I was in Madison working with Gateway, helping to establish this platform for manufacturing skill standards and other uh, standards through the National Skill Standards Board, and been able to keep that friendship and that relationship going all these years. And uh, we're so excited that Neil can join us today because we're going to share with our community another step in the progress of uh, the MSSC platform, but also Gateway's role in providing some national leadership. So Neil Reddy is the president and chief executive officer for the Manufacturing Skills Standards Council, a group of industry experts from across the nation to help provide guidance for industry collaborative educational pathways leading to an, uh, an industry credential. So welcome to Neil. Excellent. It's really good to have you here, Neil Reddy, uh, joining us all the way from Alexandria, Virginia, via the wonders of Zoom. Uh, uh, so we welcome you to the morning show. Uh, it would probably be good first for our listeners to learn a little bit about uh, who you are and kind of a little bit about your own personal and professional history and what ultimately led you to the Manufacturing Skill Standards Council. 
Well, thank you, Brian, and thank you, Greg. It's so exciting to be here today. Um, well, it's been a, 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 an unusual history for me. If you want to look at me personally a little bit, um, I guess what might make me a little different than most is that my father was in the State Department. So uh, uh, I, uh, I, we lived in about seven different countries up until I was about age 21. And I probably should have gone into education a long time ago because part of that whole experience in my childhood was going to, I tried to count them all. I think I got to 16 schools before finishing K through 12. And you know, living in countries like Belgium and Venezuela and Burma and, and of course the US and all the different countries I lived in, you, 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 you learn a lot, but um, you also go through a lot of different types of, uh, of education systems. So that's, a, that's just one thing. So a very diverse childhood. But my, 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 my professional background has been, uh, I, I went to the University of Maryland. I got a degree in communications and theater and film and did a stint out in the movie business for a while. But um, most of my work in terms of my career first started with the, uh, the National Coalition for Advanced Manufacturing, where I joined my father um, after about 20 years of, of, of work in, 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 in film, but also in, in entrepreneurial efforts, if, if you will. But I joined the National Coalition for Advanced Manufacturing back in 2002. I worked with, a, it's called NACFAM, it's kind of an awkward uh, acronym, but I worked with NACFAM on um, public-private initiatives around the area of next generation process technologies and defense technologies for the warfighter and so forth. So we were involved in a lot of research, R&D related um, policy initiatives and also next generation technology development initiatives with DOD, Department of Defense and, and NIST and um, particularly working on studies on just what could be disruptive technologies going back to 02 and 04. And it was very interesting to see how a lot of those technologies have have played out over the years, considering we just launched our 4.0 standards this summer. But um, I had had quite a bit of background in, in entrepreneurial efforts over the years prior to joining NACFAM. And so after about four years working with NACFAM, um, NACFAM had developed the standards for the Manufacturing Skills Standards Council, MSSC. And I want to thank Gateway Technical College, of course, one more time, because I don't know if you know, Brian, but Gateway was one of the first uh, testing uh, community colleges where we did the testing for our assessments to develop our initial certification, our certified production technician certification. But um, I'm, one of the, I'm one of the co-founders of MSSC, so I joined MSSC in January of, of, of 2006. Uh, I was in NACFAM four years prior working on, on policy initiatives. But uh, really, the last 14 years have been dedicated to MSSC and building out MSSC. So it's been kind of an up and down career path for me. <laughs> a lot of different entrepreneurial efforts, but uh, all those entrepreneurial efforts paid off in terms of building MSSC, really starting out in, 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 in my father's basement. Back in January of 06, we had to take it out of NACFAM and build it as a self-sustaining nonprofit national certifying body. And at that time, we had about 16 or 17 pilot testing centers of which Gateway was actually one. We had a few others in Indiana, but uh, we've been able since then to grow MSSC from 17 uh, assessment centers to over, at this point, close to 1800. And uh, that's really been the bulk of just in terms of my work over the last, over the many years. So it's been a kind of an awkward path, if you will. <laughs> Neil, but an exciting path. I mean, 16 yeah. different schools before you graduated from high school. That, yeah. I would think that, that that global experience 
really helps you reflect on all the diverse challenges that face manufacturing in general. Um, you're looking at large companies, small companies, medium companies, some have international experience, some local. There's so many variations in what people call manufacturing. So your experience coming to this organization is really helpful. Yeah, thank you. I, I think so. I've, I've been just living in countries like Burma in 1965, where there was little to no manufacturing. They were still living off the, 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 the British colonial empire. And so when they, the British, the Burmese threw the British out, they still had all the old trucks and the old, even in 65, they were still driving around in 1930s and 40s vehicles. Yeah. Burma, they, with the, the military coup, they never developed anything. And Burma's still probably 20 years behind the rest of the world with this military. Fascinating. Hmm. Maybe not 20 years, but probably five to six or seven. Wow. But just being around uh, the products that we use on a daily basis, whether it's going to the grocery store, well, back then, Burma, you didn't go to the grocery store. You just went to a little outdoor market. Nothing was refrigerated. So just, I'm just saying, I'm just agreeing with you that just living in these different countries, you, you have to work every day with the products in those countries. So the products that you encounter living in a place like Burma in 1965 versus living in Austria or Switzerland, where I've lived, where you kind of go from the, the complete polar opposite of the, of, of the kind of interaction you're having with products and food and all the products that we enjoy, yeah, have to be manufactured. Uh, well, we learn we learn every day actually how small that world is, right? We opened the program talking about COVID and the global pandemic of all of it, and what we are able to do here in in our corner of the world, southeast Wisconsin, will have will make a difference across this nation and across the globe. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so Neil Reddy, tell us uh, a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of actually creating MSSC. Uh, what was involved in, in, the, in the creation of it? It sounds like you were very much involved in it right from the ground up. Uh, sure. What had to happen in that moment? Sure, well, I, I actually joined MSSC in January of 06. Now I was working for the National Coalition for Advanced Manufacturing, NACFAM, which was a, a think tank here in Washington that had started up in about 1987. Really, there was at that, you know, back in 1987, 89, when my father first started to build NACFAM, there was very little attention to advanced manufacturing at all. And we were just starting to get our feet wet with advanced manufacturing. And I'm talking about industrial robotics, where you hear nightmare stories about robots that sat out in parking lots because nobody, none of the workforce in the plant knew how to put the robots in and, and run, the, run the robots. But um, MSSC, uh, there, there, anyway, there's a clear need going back all the way to 1998 to work on uh, sort of national certifications around the area of industry standards. And this goes back to the Clinton administration. You know, Bill Clinton had spent time in Germany. He looked at their apprenticeship models in Germany. Um, not seeing a clear fit for apprenticeship models back then, certification models became more prominent and uh, started to gain a lot more recognition. And um, there was a, a major a national uh, skill standards act, if you will. So a major piece of legislation called the National Skill Standards Act passed in 1997. And it actually called for many of our largest industry sectors, whether it's manufacturing, retail, hospitality, to set that, to work with frontline workers, to sub work with these subject matter experts, to lay down the, to identify, define, and validate the standards of work that they do. And then you take those standards, and you use those standards to, first of all, form a blueprint to identify the questions or items in your assessments. So if you have a standalone high-stakes certifying uh, certification like MSSC 7 that we have now, 
first you have to start with these standards. And going through this whole process under this federal mandate where MSSC had to reach out to all sectors of manufacturing, work with their frontline workers to identify, define, and validate those industry-wide core competencies that individuals need to start a career path in manufacturing, particularly across all sectors, which we had to cover. These standards that we've started with, our industry-wide core competency standards, are really the gold standard in the sense that they took almost three years it cost almost $10 million. We engaged over 700 employers. We involved over 4,000 workers. And, and we, had, we worked with these workers and about 100 IO PhDs to tease out, based on what, what they provided us, their input, we had to tease out, well, what standards or what core competencies are true to all sectors of manufacturing? It sounds like it might be a simple activity. But it took three years and almost $10 million, and it was a huge effort, probably one of the largest public-private efforts ever. But uh, we've completed those standards uh, back in, 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 in 2001. They were federally endorsed by the National Skills Standards Board. I'm giving you kind of a long, long version of the history. But, but since then, uh, you know, we had to, since 2001, we then went on to complete our assessments and certifications for our first certification called the Certified Production Technician or CPT. And since then, we've gone on to develop a certified logistics technician, a certified production technician plus or hands-on certification that complements the certified production technician. We also went on to develop a certified forklift technician for people that maintain service and repair forklift trucks. And I'm very excited to announce we're, we're, we're launching right now, actually, by our most exciting three new certifications that we think are gonna have just enormous appeal and are so critical right now. Um, they are, are, it's our Certified Technician Supply Chain Automation Program, or SCA program. And both our Certified Production Technician and our SCA Supply Chain Automation Program combine the best, really the best project-based learning, if you will, where you're combining the standards as well as the assessment but you're combining the e-learning. We've developed courseware instructor training, but we, you're combining e-learning with hands-on project-based learning, and you're credentialing all the skills involved with that. So both our CPT, or Certified Production Technician, and our CPT Plus, as well as SCA, our Supply Chain Automation Technician Program, includes both the hands-on as well as the e-learning interactive learning experience. But a lot goes into each one of these certifications. Um, we've had to develop a very comprehensive database system to maintain in information about all of our certificates and so forth. So there's a step-by-step -step process, starting with standards, using those standards as the foundation of the entire certification, using those, those standards to then identify the questions for the assessments, using those same standards to identify what should be in the, the curriculum so we can train people and prepare people. Because when, when we were doing this back in 2004 and we were pilot testing our assessments for the production technician program, uh, we only found a pass rate of about 18%. Ooh. And our original work required uh, that we cover all sectors of manufacturing. So that included aerospace companies like you know, Boeing, you know, General Dynamics. It included all the big automotive. It included all the IT companies, all the manufacturers like Intel. So our standards were set at a very high bar. And uh, under our ISO accreditation, we're required to maintain those standards. So 
that's kind of our system, if you will. Um, when I say that we have close to 1800 assessment centers in all 50 states, those are authorized assessment centers that can deliver our assessments. Those are also combined typically with training centers like Gateway Technical College that have authorized instructors that teach our courseware or their own courseware. We should be clear, there's no requirement for anyone to take a course to take an MSSC assessment and earn an MSSC credential. But um, there's a lot involved. You'd be, you'd be quite surprised how much is involved in maintaining a, a national certifying body just to be able to deliver nationally, to, 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 to be able to deliver a fair and equitable experience that can be repeated. Before COVID, we had three to 4,000 certificates every month going through our program. Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with thousands of people going through your program on a monthly basis, um, there's a lot of, lot of inner, inner, inner workings that go on to make it all happen. <laughs> so I'm rambling on a little bit, but that's kind of the elements of MSSC, if you will. Yeah, Neil, so you, I think you've described it um, very eloquently. So I've given my kind of simple version of this. Um, not only was Wisconsin actively involved in MSSC certifications, but CompTIA for the IT industry. Gateway was also a test site for that national rollout. The national printing standards, uh, West Bend High School was involved in actually signing the National Skills Standards Board legislation and received funding to help develop standards for printing. So here's kind of how it works at Gateway. I talk a lot about the pathway movement and the integration of industry credentials and the academic experience. So to give students at an early age the connection to the college through transcripted credit and in that delivery of that content, embed those industry credentials. And if you looked at the Gateway Pathway booklet, you'd see an associate degree path, but within there, there would be a series of credentials. C uh, CPT plus, C you'll see uh, measurement certifications, you'll see manufacturing certifications, so that the goal is when a student graduates, they have a good academic experience, but they also have been measured against an industry recognized credential like MSSC. So there's value to the academic experience through the industry partnerships. And that's why Gateway is so involved in this um, movement of industry credentialing. And I'm just excited to be a part of what the projection future is for MSSC because I believe those new certifications are right in the sweet spot of Southeast Wisconsin, advanced mm -hmm. manufacturing and logistics. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, for those of you just joining us, this is Brian Albrecht's monthly visit to the morning show. He, of course, is the president of Gateway Technical College. And with us is another president, Neil Reddy, who is president and CEO of Manufacturing Skill Standards Council. Uh, joining us uh, via Zoom from uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Um, Mr. Reddy, explain, uh, if you would, uh, although probably uh, it needs to be a brief explanation, I'm sure it's much more complicated than we have time to talk about today, but uh, give us at least a general idea of how each one of your certifications are developed. What does that process look like? Sure. Well, step one is to uh, bring together subject matter experts that are the workers that perform this work. In our earlier years, going back to the 1990s, uh, you know, and so forth, the unions were heavily involved and they were very adamant that the workers themselves be the subject matter experts. And so with each one of our certifications, we start with a group of subject matter experts. No, let me back up a little bit. We first start by doing um, sort of a, a literary search and uh, uh, in terms of what has already been developed on standards uh, what, what learning tools and systems are available? What, of course, is the target objective or scope of the certification? What, is, what are you trying to accomplish with the certification? So we start, and then once we're done with that, 
we then go on to bring together, we convene subject matter experts. Uh, when I mentioned CPT and I talked about 700 employers, to be clear, we started with about 246 employers and they in turn provided us with, with their frontline workers, which was very valuable as a resource. So when I talk about IOPHDs, these industrial organizational psychologists, they sit down in a room with 10 to 15 workers and, and document and ask the workers, what is it that they do? <laughs> and they document the key activities, well, the critical, the critical functions of work, the key activities of their work, and then what, what are the performance indicators? So what, what, is, what, are, the, what are the requirements of, what, what, is the, what is the skills and knowledge you need to actually do the work? What are the competencies to actually meet those standards? So when I mentioned earlier, the standards are really the foundation or the bedrock of what of each of our certifications. So that's number one. Once we're done with the standards and we have to go through a validation of the standards. We, for example, under our ISO accreditation, so we're third party accredited by a company that's really an auditing company of certifying companies like MSSC. <laughs> one of them is the International, it's the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, that's one. The other, another is NCCA. We've actually been audited and accredited by both ANSI initially, and then the International Accreditation Service, IAS, is, is another accrediting body. So under those, uh, and these are all based on, on ISO standard 17024. You're probably familiar with ISO standard 9000 and so forth. Well, under 17024, it's really a similar internal management system that we are required to put upon ourselves to make sure that our certificates are treated fairly and equitably. And um, I'm, this is kind of a, to try and make this short, sorry. So we, those standards, those standards are key. We have to maintain those standards every other year. And along with the maintenance of the standards, because we use the standards to form a blueprint, and based on that blueprint, we then identify items or questions for our assessments is we have standalone high stakes assessments, which means that for any of our certifications, if you have that body of knowledge, you can go in and sit for an assessment. And these days online, <laughs> uh, you can sit for that assessment. If you meet the cut score, you earn that credential. So we also use those standards to develop curriculum. Our ISO accreditation requires we have maintain a firewall between the people that develop the curriculum and the subject matter experts that work on the assessments, the questions in the assessments. Because if they are in fact true assessments that are aligned with the standards, they should be standalone and that person should not have had a course. If they already have the knowledge, they should be able to sit for the assessment and, and, and pass that, meet that cut score and earn that credential. But because we do also have courseware we have courseware and instructor training and so forth that goes with that. But our business model is that, you know, we are as a high stakes national certifying body. In one big bucket, we have all of our standards and our assessments for people to earn credentials. In another big bucket, we do have our instructor training for people to be authorized instructors in our courseware, in different courseware models, our learning system models, if you will, for people that have, do not have the knowledge to go through that training and earn the credentials. Maybe a longer uh, answer, but does that does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, and I think it leads right into what you know what colleges like Gateway. What is our role? So if if an individual in our community went to the SC Johnson Integrated Manufacturing 
Advanced Technology Center, IMED Center, you'd see a big sign, MSSC Authorized Center. So you can take your exams online, as you mentioned, or you can come to the center and we can facilitate proctoring an exam that way. And you can earn that credential, whether you're a student at Gateway or you're a worker over at one of our great companies that, that support MSSC. Um, the other big announcement that we're willing that we're excited to share with our community is that we've expanded our relationship with MSSC to get more involved in the teacher training side of it. So maybe Neil, I'll let you kind of share that that commitment that we have made to each other <laughs> to advance the the infrastructure, which is the education side of the MSSC platform. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to to to, to share in this 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 announcement because. Uh, MSSC has teamed up now for the first time in the country uh, with Gateway Technical College for Gateway Technical College to be our master training center and for our, our master, sorry, our master instructor training center. And um, this has benefits uh, in many different ways. Um, first of all, we're able to, partnering with Gateway, so we're starting out with Gateway. Gateway now has three master instructors that are now capable of teaching our certified production technician and our certified production technician plus programs for advanced manufacturing and these two certifications. And they're, they're, well, one of the greatest benefits for us is that we used to train our instructors. Now I said we have a network of about 2,700 instructors. And as I mentioned pre-COVID, uh, we were having three to 4,000 people going through our program. Now we have about two to 2,000 to 2,500 per month because of COVID. It's just been down a little bit or for different reasons, but um, um, we're very excited because we can regionalize our, our instructor training program so that we, we, we can, we can and, and if you look at just generally speaking, we need to be much more creative about driving manufacturing career paths and opportunities to rural, to urban, to, to multiple different populations, particularly starting in the secondary level. Now, one of the advantages to having a, a, an instructor, a master instructor training program like Gateway in Wisconsin is that we can get more and more high school students and instructors into our high schools to be able to offer these, this advanced manufacturing experience. And also with the community and technical colleges in the state, we can offer more and more instructors. So we see Gateway Technical College is a multiplier in the sense that they can expand a menu, advanced manufacturing training program, both the CPT and CPT plus throughout the state of Wisconsin. And if you're looking at the, 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 what MSSC does best, especially our certified production technician program is take people brand new to manufacturing people that would never have thought about a career path in manufacturing, whether they're unemployed, they might be in their mid to late twenties. They might be starting a young family. They might need to start making $15 an hour plus just to start a career path. They might want to need to get into a career path in other areas like, like, like logistics. But the fact that gateway is the kind of the main hub for all the other schools, and all the other career and technical training programs in the state of Wisconsin to come to Gateway to get their instructors trained. Rather than in the past, we used to have to send all of our instructors down to Louisville, uh, Kentucky, and just in the Indiana side of Louisville. So, you know, you're talking about training 2,700 instructors. Now we do have some online instructor training models, but the most effective instructor training is face-to-face. -face. 
And so by Gateway becoming our really our face-to-face -face CPT and CPT plus um, master instructor center, we can then have many, many, many more instructors trained and many more, more instructors delivering many advanced manufacturing. Because remember, CPT is set at a very high bar, and I can talk about that in a minute. But it just creates that network and that, that scalability that was not there otherwise. Yeah, and that's very exciting for all of us at Gateway. Not only do we have great instructors that are going to help deliver this, but to be able to build that national network, that only adds more value to our experiences at Gateway. Plus, it helps us provide the quality uh, talent pipeline for our manufacturers locals, locally. So we are just really excited about this announcement becoming the first national train the trainer session uh, campus here for MSSC and I think it's going to help elevate our visibility in our community around manufacturing and and we know that that story needs to be told because not everyone understands what's happening in advanced manufacturing today. Right and speaking of that uh, Neil Reddy of course when it comes to telling the story and uh, helping young people understand uh, what possibilities are out there and not just young people but people of all ages who might be uh, uh, looking for maybe a new career path. Uh, when it comes to this world of manufacturing, what, what would you want counselors and parents and mentors to know in terms of understanding the new world of manufacturing and the possibilities and opportunities that are out there? Well, the first thing they should know is that this career path has become significantly more demanding. Uh, if you look at the manufacturing that we lost, I call it the I call them the, the Lou Dobbs era because Lou Dobbs was on TV every night talking about uh, manufacturing jobs just vanishing and disappearing from our country and he was right for quite a while, but um, the reality is that is that the the new era of manufacturing, the Industry 4.0 era of manufacturing, where you're in bringing in very advanced automated systems, autonomous robots, 5G, the Internet of Things, industrial artificial intelligence, just if you're looking at big data, if you look at and especially if you're looking at the the criticality of manufacturing itself, you know it's, it adds it's, it adds four trillion dollars to our twenty five trillion dollar or so economy. I haven't looked at the latest GDP numbers, but four trillion is just if you add the multiplier effect to that four trillion dollars that manufacturing alone provides to our economy, it's much greater than four trillion dollars. It it really has almost a thirty percent impact in terms of all the jobs that it creates. So what I would tell a parent or a student is that this could not be a more exciting time to be going into manufacturing. Really, we're talking about advanced manufacturing now. We're not talking about high touch labor. Honestly, if you look at the jobs that went overseas, that were even if they were still in America, they'd probably be paying minimum wage to maybe $10 an hour. Um, the new jobs that are here are paying uh, well above six figures, depending on the level that someone attains, whether it's an AS degree or an engineering degree, but also with a certification. Um, so the, the, there's the fact that the, these career paths are exceptionally lucrative. There's these uh, career path in manufacturing can go in so many different directions. So to get our high school students and to get our young people in excited about the career path, the career path also can ble bleed into, I shouldn't use the word bleed, but can, can, can also migrate somebody into the supply chain side of manufacturing or manufacturing being part of the supply chain, either way you want to look at it. But manufacturing itself, whether someone goes on to engineering or in our case, be, be starting out as an assembler or operator, 
Uh, it's just much more demanding to work in a plant these days. You need to be computer savvy, IT savvy. You need to have a good understanding of what these next generation process technologies are. And that's why we've added them to our standards with our CPT 4.0 edition this summer. Um, but if you, you know, we, we've also, we've, we, our students start with our safety course and we've actually embedded a whole intro into the world of manufacturing into our safety course because we want to get kids in early, especially at high school and let them, let them know what the career path entails and why go into the manufacturing sector because the manufacturing sector can lead to engineering engineering design can lead to marketing it can lead to you know it can be lead to becoming in high levels of management or as assemblers and operators so it's just such a it's such a broad path and i think it's a shame that it can get lost with it without enough engagement with high school students and parents and guardians so I'm kind sure. of worried. Neil, you hit on some key uh, elements there. We're seeing that uh, kind of play out in Southeast Wisconsin. When you take a look at some of the newer companies that are uh, moved to our community, companies like a Haribo or an Amazon or a Foxconn or a Kenall, those are all advanced manufacturing companies that are looking at new skill sets. And in our region, uh, supply chain distribution type of career path can start at $25 an hour. So you're absolutely right. We're seeing a shift in the types of jobs that are available and the income levels that can go along with that. And now we're also seeing kind of a renaissance of legacy companies, some fantastic companies that have been here for over a century, SC Johnson, Twin Disc, um, you know, and Syncorator are all training in partnership with Gateway on advanced manufacturing skills in automation, data analytics, robotics. Those are the kinds of skills that everyone is migrating to to keep our nation competitive. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We have just a, a, a minute or so uh, to have you, uh, Neil Reddy, tell us how the results are so far. I mean, are we seeing lots and lots of students seeking out and earning these certifications? Well, well, one of the advantages, be, you know, because we really focus on preparing people in these first initial steps to start a career pathway in advanced manufacturing or even advanced supply chain logistics, um, really, really the, the, the outcomes have been outstanding. I mean, if you look at the 14 years that I've been working on this, uh, even going back 14 years ago, and a lot of our schools in our country did, didn't, you know, back then we used to deliver all of our manufacturing learning online and we back then, going back to 2006, 2007, if people remember, we didn't have the bandwidth in a lot of our schools to even offer this high, exciting digital learning. But um, the, the, it, 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 just, it, it, just, it just provides an enormous um, opportunity for, for, for so many people and just the diversity of the populations that we're working with. Because we're starting people out on this career path, we're working with a lot of populations that might not otherwise have been involved in this career path. And so we're able to take them from ground zero and within 200 hours of training and or have them earn four certificates and a full certification, they can start their career path in manufacturing. So what it opens up is because we're at this ground zero level where we're taking people brand new to manufacturing, we work with incredibly diverse populations. So <laughs> we've run probably at least we grow them almost every month. We have at least 80 corrections programs. We're primarily in technical and community colleges like Gateway. Um, probably about close to 700 or so around the country. We're also in 400 plus high schools. We're in career centers. We're, you know, when I say we have 1800 assessment centers, we're in 60 military bases. 
Uh, we have 80 correctional programs. We work in about 46 Workforce Investment Board job centers. We also work with uh, Goodwill, uh, Salvation Army, United Way. So we're, we're dealing with a, a lot of different delivery systems, but also very diverse populations, which is a good thing because we're trying to get as many people, we're casting a wider and wider net to get them into the career path. Hmm. But I can, I can make, make this a full circle for you, Greg. We talked earlier about the Metallica scholars that will graduate tonight. They will graduate with a great certificate from Gateway and an MSSC safety certification. So there, oh, it wow. comes full circle. We're doing it in many programs here at Gateway, and we're just so proud to be able to share this announcement that we're also now a national training train the trainer site for teachers and you know educators and really helping to continue to build this identity around the skills and opportunities that advanced manufacturing bring to uh, to local employers. Neil Reddy, if uh, if any listeners want more information uh, about uh, uh, the Manufacturing Skills Standards Council, uh, where can they get that information? Well, they certainly can go to our website, which is www.mssusa.org. That's mssusa.org. That'd be probably the first place to go. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and, and you know Facebook also, but um, that would probably be the best place to start. And locally, they could always contact Gateway because we would be happy to assist in developing the training or the certifications that they might need locally. Fantastic. Yeah. And I should say that we, we, we have a, what we call a training solution provider for Wisconsin. It's a company called Lab Midwest, uh, run by Matt and Renee Kirshner. Matt and Renee are very knowledgeable about, we call them training solution providers so they can work with Gateway, they can work with a high school. They're really on the front line around Wisconsin, uh, offering the Gateway uh, CPT and CPT Plus instructor training. So they will be your first line of contact throughout the state of Wisconsin. They work very closely with Gateway and Gateway is scheduling courses to teach CPT and CPT plus instructors. Uh, so they will be going out, reaching out to our community. And so best also, of course, as Brian mentioned on the Gateway website, but also on the labmidwest.com website, labmidwest.com website, uh, as well as our website. Great. Neil Reddy, President and CEO of Manufacturing Skill Standards Council, or MSSC. It's been great to have you on the morning show. Thank you so much for okay. telling us about the exciting work that you're doing. Thank you, Gregory, and, and thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity today. Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College. Also, of course, great to have you here today on the morning show. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in December. Very good. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.